0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Australian-born, Hong Kong-based musician and producer, Don Quixote. He opened up about his new 2022 CD called Scatterbrain. He takes equal inspiration from jazz greats of the past and melds it with his love of hard rock from the 90s and 2000s. This melting pot of jazz, rock, funk, psychedelica, and fusion is where his new album, Scatterbrain, was born. He spends his days working as a songwriter, music producer, and engineer, and has worked with global superstars like Beyonce, Snoop. Dog, Mark Ronson, and Tony Braxton. He's got a great story. Enjoy. Well, hey, thanks for taking a minute out today. How's Hong Kong doing?
1: Oh, it's doing the same as usual, I guess. <laughs> down, so everything's good.
0: Right on. Well, hey, thanks for taking a minute out. Thanks for reaching out to Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. No,
1: thank you. Thank you.
0: So, let's talk about Scatterbrain. Fire and Blood is the first track. It's coming out on May 6th. Talk to me a little bit about. This album and concept, and just kind of a little bit about the project.
1: So, I've kind of been in the work for a bunch of years. This thing, my background is as a producer and studio engineer, and i kind of been working in our studios for like nearly two decades. And over that time, I was working with all sorts of different rock bands, pop artists, and I never really actually got into jazz until very, very late. And it was kind of when I did it kind of planted a bit of a seed that I sort of revisited some old material that I've been working on over the years and I kind of repurposed it. So I started changing things from a sort of a rock jam into a more jazz jam. And that's how pretty much this whole album came about, is kind of like fusing all the different styles that I've been working on over the years and then putting it into new context so of what my new passion was, which was jazz music, but I came to it quite late. So it has... A lot of rock and alternative, you know, feelings to the music from my earlier sort of period, and and that's kind of how it came about. It's a purely uh, studio release, and it's it's it's, a, it's one of the sort of projects where there's a ton of different musicians from all over the world, but none of them recorded at the same time. No one was in the same room. Everything was or remote, so kind of like what everyone experienced during the pandemic. But I was doing it kind of a couple of years before that because I'm based in Hong Kong, and you know a lot of my contacts were in Australia or in the States. And so it's, it's kind of like a remote studio project that's just sort of just been simmering away for a couple of years, and it's eventually ready to get released. And yeah, on the sixth of May, I'll be putting out the first track, Fire and Blood, and there's there's a, a whole um, whole album, 13 tracks, with. A couple of individual pieces here and there, so it's it's, it's a full thing. It covers all the genres from jazz to rock, fusion, funk, or, or orchestral stuff as well. So that's that's kind of the vibe.
0: Who are some jazz influences for you? You it, it mentioned that there's some jazz grades that really swayed you. You got a lot of influences. So in yeah. the world of jazz, who who
1: influenced you? The, the major shift for me happened when I got into Mingus. He he's the he's the guy who kind of like really changed my perception of everything and the, the one album that really did it was the back pain Finale. And that, that album just kind of almost in, instantaneously became my almost all-time favorite album and that so that sort of the themes from that album I kind of have you know tried to to bring into my music as well with uh, the different different genres and the different sort of uh, textures that he was able to provide and just all his work, you know, I mean, the Mingus, 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 Mingus album is, is like pretty much my second favorite album. I just love his stuff so much. There's a sort of a rawness and a fearlessness that I really love about his work. Besides that, the, the, the other real turning point was um, probably hearing Coltrane's Ascension. That one record kind of shocked me a little bit, I must say, to the point where I, I had to delve a lot deeper into it because it's very full on. You know, I was, as I said, I was growing up with a lot of these sort of alternative rock music, a lot of things like Nine Inch Nails and things like that, which was kind of I kind of perceive it as a bit of a. They come from a similar sort of um, a similar sort of place, whereas Nine Inch Nails uses a lot of distortion, and electric, electronic equipment to create that very full-on wall of noise. Coltrane was doing it on that album, just with a lot of awesome musicians. So that that was another big one for me too.
0: So you're in Hong Kong now, where were you born and raised, and kind of how did you end up where you're at now?
1: I'm from Australia, I grew up in Melbourne, spent most of my working career in Sydney. I met a girl in Hong Kong, and we got married, and we have a family, we've been living here for about 10 years now, so it's just purely a family decision. In my sort of day job, I work as a songwriter, producer, I do pop music. From about ten years ago I was working. I did a decade working for Sony Music. I was there in house guy for a while and it was just pure pop. I do things like song trips and things like that. And I did one for Hong Kong and she was uh working with a local company and I met her and that's how we got together and yeah, that's the reason why why I'm here. It's it's kind of a odd situation because my music has kind of had to adapt to being so remote. All the guys I work with back in Australia or you know, in the States and a lot in the UK as well. I kind of feel alone on this little island here in Hong Kong, but I've got this, you know, pretty decent little black book of great musicians who I work with. Well, and I guess
0: that's kind of the way the world's been since COVID began. Everything's been kind of remote, so it kind of falls in a line. So with that being kind of the idea, how relieving is it to be able to have material come out where you could probably perform this live, and I guess more than that, How do you feel about the world waking up and being able to see live music
1: again? I miss it. I mean, I was... I I kind of went through a period when I was here in Hong Kong where I I didn't really see much. Um, I kind of didn't get out and do things in part to some, you know, cultural things here, whereas you don't necessarily go and see your local rock band here in Hong Kong. It's not that sort of a scene. Uh, You don't get to go to jazz clubs as much because there really aren't that many. Back in Australia, sure, everything was about, you know, getting into music, and so I haven't really even been able to get back to it just yet, because we're, we've only been one week out of our most recent lockdown here, so a week ago we were still stuck in our apartment, getting back into live music is something that I haven't really experienced
0: just yet. Everyone has a perception of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, your clients, but ultimately you live your life. Who do you think you are?
1: I think I'm a guy who loves music to almost to a fault where I, having worked in big companies like Sony Music over the years, I would almost wear my heart on my sleeve too much and that would uh, impact me in the world of, you know, commercial pop music. And I think that what I'm doing with Dunkirk is is kind of the antithesis of that in where I can just do my own music, music that represents me and what I really love, put it out there easily because in this day and age it's easy to release your own music. That's, I feel what, this this whole chapter is about. It's about finally getting hold of who I want to be artistically and musically, and being able to have the power to do that. Because so having having worked in the industry for 20 odd years, I, it took me this long to release my first you know piece of music. I've had I've worked on hundreds of albums for other artists and I've written songs for people all around the world. But this is my first thing where I'm saying this is mine. I'm not saying that the music represents me as a whole, but it definitely
0: represents my greatest passion with the music. Hey, Matt, thank you for reaching out to the show. I appreciate your time today. Good luck with the album and the return to the live thank you. music. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz Interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest musicians and producers in Australia, Hong Kong, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Don for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon at youtube.com for everything Neon Jazz. Go to the neonjazzblogspot.com and for everything Joe Domino related, go to joedomino.com and if you feel like it, kick in a few bucks to the Neon Jazz cause. Until next time, enjoy the jazz my friends. Neon Jazz.